Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. We're doing a second part on um, looking at this idea of being a Barnabas community, which we started last week. And I'm going to do a bit of a recap on, on last week, and I'm going to try and do a recap on last week in about two or three minutes, which is going to be a challenge, but I'm going to try. Okay? So we looked at the idea of this being a Barnabas community and being a community where we help people forward on their journey. The people are empowered and equipped and encouraged to move forward on their journey um, in the same way that Barnabas was so significant in helping we talked about Paul last week forward on his journey that Barnabas stepped into and became that book Barnabas stepped into a space where people were expecting something different of Paul they weren't believing the best in him weren't seeing the best in him yet Barnabas stepped in and helped him forward on his journey um, we looked at this idea of the idea of the journey from Romans 8 being the ultimate destination the ultimate destination of that is not to be a certain gift or have a certain skill in something or do a certain thing exceptionally well. All those things may well be part of it. But the ultimate destination is to be conformed to the image of Christ, to, to, to represent him. That I have a life where I, I live and I look and I love like Jesus. And the idea of that is not something that I therefore have to work towards, but this idea of being conformed to the image of Jesus, this idea is that I express what he's already done and what he's already changed on the inside of me, and I express that to show the characteristics of what that looks like. In the same way that a butterfly has the DNA, has the makeup, has the necessary things there to express, um, so as a Casper has those things to express being a butterfly, we have those things in us to express looking and living and loving like Jesus. Therefore, it's this idea that we are transformed or conformed into that. We express those characteristics. And it talks about in 2 Corinthians 12 that we do that when it says in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 18, but we are with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God that this idea of transformation is not something I have to work up to do but it comes when I behold Jesus the author and finisher of my faith that I behold him and I am transformed into the same image of the one I behold because he's made me like him and therefore I'm transformed into that and that doesn't happen instantaneously that happens from glory to glory that it's step by step that today my hope and my aim is as I behold him is I want to look and live and love a little bit more like you Jesus in the way that I express that to the people I meet in my workplace to the people I I um, interact with in my family to the people I, I see on the streets whatever it may be that I could be the expression of you Jesus in those spaces that little bit more than I was yesterday that, that, that little bit more that I'm shifting that that as I go into work on Monday as I go home uh, from work as I interact in these places that my hope is that I'm a little bit more an expression of you just I'm a little bit more conformed or transformed into that image today and that in that space there may be and there is that kind of idea of uniqueness and individuality and the way that we express things that we are different it talks about in 2, 1 Corinthians 12 that we are a body and that that body has parts and that some parts are hands and some are feet and some are eyes and some are ears and some are we talked about toenails and we talked about all these different things the different body parts that express Jesus and that those things are unique and different and that in my pursuit of being conformed to the image of Jesus I find a uniqueness in that journey that my focus my beholding is not I want to be 
a prophet, I want to be an evangelist, I want to be a healing minister, or whatever maybe I want to be, even something complete, a musician. That's not the thing I'm beholding. I'm beholding Jesus. And in that process of being conformed to that image, I find a uniqueness in expressing who I am individually. That I might be someone that's expressing to be a prophet. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I find a uniqueness as on that journey. My aim is not to be that thing. My aim is to be conformed to the image of Jesus. And in that journey, I find that uniqueness, that individuality that makes a distinctiveness. And therefore, we celebrate that. We kind of have this idea that, that we celebrate the difference and the, and the uniqueness that, that's from one to another. And that idea is where I want to kind of pick up today. Because when we pursue being conformed to the image of Jesus, when I pursue being like him, when I pursue because I'm beholding him, I'm transformed into that, it brings a security. It brings a, a something on the inside of me that is reassured, that is kind of like, you love me, I'm acceptable to you, I'm being transformed into your image. When I focus instead on a particular gifting, or a particular way of doing things, or a particular even personality type, and I behold that thing, that's where insecurity jumps in. Because I will never be like Luke. Never ever. But if I set my goal to be like him in the sense of his gifting and skill and uniqueness, then I will constantly be in competition with him. I'll constantly be insecure because I'll never match up to that. But if I go, actually, Jesus, I'm going to behold you. I'm going to behold you in Luke. That's fine. But I'm going to behold you. There's a security that comes. And a lack of competition and a lack of fight saying, well, actually, I want to be the best part whatever the best part may be. I want to be the best gift, whatever the best gift may be. I want to be the thing that's the best because that satisfies my insecurity in me. That satisfies that thing in me that says, I want to be the best and therefore I will find out whatever the best thing is at the minute and I'll try and be that thing. I'll find whatever the most popular gifting or, or skill is at the minute and I'll try and be that skill, that skill and that gifting because then I feel good about myself. The problem with that is it constantly creates competition and therefore when other people come in they either pose someone that, that is going to endorse the kind of thing I think I need to be or they're going to threaten the thing I think I need to be and therefore the way I treat people is based on that insecurity and it's not based on who God's created them to be and who God's created me to be but when I gaze at him and behold him and spend time with him I find a security and a rest that means I, whatever, I may not have a clue what I'm graced to do but it brings a security where that when someone comes into my life I can genuinely empower them into who God's called them to be and not be threatened by them they're because so often, let's be honest, we look at, um, it's perhaps more prevalent nowadays than ever before, but we have this idea of, of this kind of instant fame, that the, the thing that makes me smile more than anything is that people are who are just famous because they're famous. Mm-hmm. There's no actual fame or, or achievement attached to their fame. They're famous because somehow they've got themselves to be famous. Um, and this idea that therefore the, there's this kind of insecurity that I want to be like that, 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 I want to be like them because that's the in thing at the minute. I want to be this because that's the in thing at the minute. Or even myself, I love my football, obviously, and it's this idea that you go through football cycles and it's almost like an in position. So, oh, everyone needs to have this in their team right now. And then it changes to be, oh, everyone needs this player in their team right now. And it just changes from cycle to cycle. And everything in society is like that, that, that it changes. What's popular, what's deemed as the thing to be, shifts. And therefore, if I chase what shifts, I will constantly shift. 
but never find satisfaction. Never find rest. Never find comfort because I'm not being me. But actually, one of the most powerful things we can be for ourselves, our families, and for society is, is to behold him, find a consistency and a security in our own hearts and go, I'll be me. And that may be dramatic at some points. It may be the in thing. I might be the football position. I might be the gifting. And everyone might go, wow, Steve, you're amazing. At other points, it might not be. And the point is that when I found an expression, I'll just be me, it's irrelevant. Because I'm not moved by the fads. I'm moved by the fact I'll be me. And people may applaud that at this time, or they may not. My favourite, one of my favourite films, one of my favourite films is, um, well, the whole three of them, the Batman trilogy the most recent ones i love them and there's a beautiful line in it it is beautiful the, at the end of the second one i think it is where um if you've ever never seen the film i'm probably going to ruin it for you right now it's a character called harvey um two-face and he's the character at the end of it and before that he is the kind of uh, district attorney and he is the um, one who is going to sort out Go- gotham city and he's seen as this kind of white knight They're, this kind of hero that comes in he's incorruptible he is good he is he is brave and he is seen as the one who's going to sort out this thing and batman loves the fact of that he loves the fact that this guy's going to sort it out but the joker comes in and he he basically corrupts this guy that's incorruptible he he he, co- he causes him to violate things and therefore batman is very worried about the fact that if people who put their hope into this guy harvey who put their hope into this guy who was incorruptible who was seen as good and did what was right if they saw the fact that he had fallen that that in itself would create hopelessness and would and would destroy what he stood for. So what Batman does is he says that I will say that I killed this person and it wasn't Harvey that killed him. And it and it's an amazing line that the, the commissioner, the, the the kind of head of, head of the police usually says that um, that he's being the hero that they need him to be. And it's this idea that that so often the thing that we are needed to be may not be the popular thing. That Batman for so long in the first film what was kind of like the, the the kind of popular figure, like the one who sought out crime and everyone who didn't want crime in the city loved him, thought he was amazing, thought, thought he was wonderful. And yet in the second one, it ends with him actually being the one that they hate, the one that they despise because he killed such and such. He did this thing. But I love the fact of that in his role as the hero, he's happy to take either. Because actually it's not about public opinion, it's about the good of the city and it's a similar thing that, that it's not about public opinion it's not about public perception it's not about my own perception it's not about those things it's about okay i behold you jesus and in that space i find a security and a consistency and a rest that says i will be me and i'll be me when it's popular and i'll be me when it's not popular i'll be me when it's liked and i'll be when it's me when it's not liked. i'll be me when i feel great about it and when i don't feel great about it but i will be what you created me to be and i believe for myself there's a massive journey on that and i won't do that right now because it may upset you or depress you or excite you or whatever it may be but there's a journey on that for myself and i'll be the same for all of us that sense of like i move from a place of insecurity where i'm moved by everything and i find a place of security and the fact i'll just i'll, I'll be me and it may be the most amazing thing, it may not be, but you know what, it's kind of irrelevant because I'll be who I am. And I believe Barnabas ca- captured that. And I want to look a little bit at that this morning because I believe Barnabas knew who he was. I believe he knew what he could bring. And I also believe, really significantly, he knew who he wasn't and he knew what he couldn't bring. Because 
he was aware of his skills and, and abilities, but he was aware of what he didn't have as well. If you we just want to turn to Acts 11, I want to pick up that thought. I told you I couldn't do that in two minutes. It's like it just went well off. That, that was the recap, theoretically. Acts 11, verse 19. And it says this, Acts 11 verse 19. Have you got this one in your Bible, Luke? Yeah, I can see that one. You got that one, yeah? Okay, just to make sure, because I'm a bit concerned about your Bible. These bits and not other bits. Um, Acts 11 verse 19 says, Now those who were scattered after persecution that arose over Stephen travelled as far as, I can't pronounce these places, somewhere, Cyprus, Antioch, preaching the word to the one, sorry, to no one but the Jews only. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who then, uh, they... They had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and great number and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. The news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. When he came and had seen the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all that, that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. I want to just pull out one thing. The Barnabas was sent to people who were scattered. And they sent Barnabas because he brought and he brings, we talked about last week, an ability to help people forward on their journey. That he was sent. And look at what he did. He saw the grace that was there. That we could just overlook that line. But this idea that Barnabas sees things that other people don't necessarily see. And these people scattered because they were scared about what happened to Stephen and the fact he was killed. So we're not talking about the fact that they were necessarily scattered because they were called to wherever it was. They were there because they were scared of being here. And yet there's stuff started to happen where they were. And the, they thought, well, we need to send someone that's going to empower them in where they are, to see them encouraged and move forward on their journey. So we'll send Barnabas. And Barnabas saw things. And we looked... Look back at like the life of David and Samuel going, going to look for a king. And, we, and it's a very famous passage, but it talks about the fact that obviously David had so many other brothers that were bigger than him, that were stronger than him, that looked more kingly than he did. And yet God spoke to Samuel and said, look on the heart of the man, not the outward appearance. And in a nutshell, that's what Barnabas does. He sees things that are going on inside of people not just what's the external thing there may be great stuff going on externally that doesn't mean it but he catches the heart of what's going on and empowers that and encourages that and says come on guys you can do this with great purpose of heart to continue to move forward to keep going with what you're doing don't get scared again don't give up again don't throw up against persecution when that comes just keep going guys and that's what Barnabas did and he knew he could do that he knew that's what he was graced and gifted to do. He, he'd found a security in the fact that as he's beholding Jesus, security in the fact, this is who I am. This is what I bring. This is what part of the body I express. The next line is incredibly powerful because it says this. So, verse 24 first. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith. It's a very powerful line. It's not the bit I want to get to. But and a great many people were added to the Lord. This bit. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek Saul. He left where he was to find Saul because Saul brought something that he couldn't bring. And that's security. Do I dare go, this is what I do, this is what I bring, and then go, but wait a minute, you're at a point now, I can't do that. 
I can't bring what you need right now. So I'm going to go and I'm going to get Sai to come and be that to you. Because in our current society, that doesn't happen. I have to be the one that brings it to you. I have to be the one that that's your saviour. I have to be the one that looks good. I have to be the one that that's the rescuer. And that is more important than the actual rescuing. And that's selfish. Because that means I want my gift to be what matters most. But actually what matters most is the, for them, it's the situation of them being strengthened and empowered. And Barnabas knew that. He left because he goes, actually, I can't bring what they need. I can't be what they need. I can be what they needed a minute ago or weeks ago, whatever it was, to, to, to establish and strengthen and encourage them, call out the best in them, so they move forward. But the next stage, I, I don't bring that. And look, look at what happened. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So he brought him back. So it was that for a whole year they assembled with the church and taught a great many people and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. This idea that because of him bringing in, they were strengthened. They were a community together. They were first called Christians. I'm not going to go into that part right now. But the point is that they were taught something. And I believe it's what Paul brought that meant there was a strengthening and there was, a, and there was something that developed. The challenges, the challenges, being secure in what I am, and two things, then going, okay, I see it in Luke, I see it in Jeremy, I see it in Matt, and actually that is what's needed for this situation. And as a community, that, that's what I long for us to be together as a community. A community that sees it in each other, that sees that thing in each other, because sometimes we see it in each other before we see it in ourselves. But see it in each other and call it forth. Yeah. And be that Barnabas that stands in the gap and goes, No, look, there's something working here. There's, there's something happening. Let me bring them into you. But that requires those two things that I see it in you, but I'm also secure enough to know that in me, this is what I bring. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm good at. This is what happens around me, but I can't do that. If I try and do that, it will be a car crash. And, that, and there's some things that we accept in that regard. For example, I accept I cannot sing. Okay, I'm quite comfortable with that fact. If I got up there and tried to sing, as lovely as Susie Simula says, oh no, you can, I, I can't. Okay? Um, I accept that. And we, we accept it in some ways. But look at, and it's horrible TV, but look at sometimes X Factor. And things like that. Britain's Got Talent. There's people that stand up on stage who genuinely believe they can sing. It's not fake. They genuinely believe they, they can sing. Which means the people around them have gone, oh, you can. You've got a great gift to sing. Why? Because singing at this moment in time is the thing, isn't it? Is that kind of idea, oh, you can do this, or you can be in a band, or whatever it may be. And the point is that they're following that thing like this. But as a community... We've got to be people that are going, actually, no, you're fantastic. I can see it in there. But maybe not this. You're this. You bring this, but not this. And I go, actually, I bring that, but I don't bring that. Come in and do that. And it's that sense of community and that sense of honesty and that sense of openness and that sense of accountability to each other. Where we go, okay, look, what do I bring? What do you bring? How, how, do, we, how do we be that to whoever we meet out there? Because that's what they did. And that's what Barnabas did and that for me is a powerful thing just go to Acts 12 verse 25 
It's the last verse there. I mean, I've jumped here because I haven't got time to read the whole thing as much as I want to, but this is the bit I want to read a bit longer because this is quite powerful in what happens in this next stage. Verse 25 of Acts 12. And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they fulfilled their ministry, and they also took with them John, whose surname was Mark. And that in itself is a very powerful thing, which we'll look at next week. Verse 1 of chapter 13. Now in the church, there was at Antioch, there was a certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, uh, Lucius of Cyrene, whatever his name is, beginning with M, who had been brought up to Herod, the, the Tetrarch, and Saul, blah, 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 blah. And they ministered to the Lord and fasted, and the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then, then they, having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Verse 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to the Cy- Cyprus. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the, in the synagogues of the Jews. And they also had John as their assistant. So that's the same guy, John Mark, a minute ago. Now when they had gone through the island of uh, Paphos, they found a, a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who, who was with the pro-council, Sergius Paulus, an intelligent man. This man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Um, but Elamus, the sorcerer, for so he, his name is translated, withstood them seeking to turn the pro-council away from the truth. So there's this kind of in this kind of to and fro going between this guy trying to turn them away from God and then uh, Barnabas and Saul, and, and Saul are trying to turn them to God. Um, then Saul, now this is important, then Saul who is also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him and said, O full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? Now indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him from, lead him by hand. Then the proconsul believed when he saw what had been done, being astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Verse 13. Now when Paul and his, and his party set sail from Pathos, in there, a profoundly impactful thing happens. The entire time we, we've known, in every scripture we read last week, everyone we've read so far this week, it, it has been Barnabas and Saul. In this, it becomes, when we're introduced to Saul there it says who's also called Paul in that moment and afterwards it's never again Barnabas and Saul in that moment it becomes we read in verse 13 now when Paul and his party set sail Barnabas name has immediately disappeared from there and there's a significance in that in something that Adam brought a few weeks ago that I believe at that point, Paul came into the, the stage of his expression of who God had made him to be that meant his name was changed. Now that doesn't mean we've got to have our names changed. That does mean that it's a significant expression of the fact that Barnabas' work in Paul and with Paul had come to a point where actually, not that it's done, but it's at the stage where now it's changed. And my role has changed. I'm not the one that's leading where we're going now. I'm not the one who is taking you where I want you to go to bring the best out of you. I'm not the one who disappears into the background. 
and you now go and you now be what God's called you to be and you now flourish in everything God's called you to flourish in because I've done what I needed to do and that again in our modern society is an incredible thing to do that Barnabas has been so secure in the fact of who he is that he's happy just to disappear into the background and go right, you, you go you go and if we pick up a couple more verses I just want to show you the impact of this in verse 13 of chapter 13 it says this sorry I read that and now when Paul and his party set sail so again and then in verse 42 it says this um, so when the Jews went out from the synagogue the Gentiles begged that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath now when the congregation had broken up many of the Jews um, and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas and in verse 46 then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said that it's shifted the focus has shifted now and it's because Paul has come into I believe a stage of, of everything that God's called him to that, men, that, that, that relationship shifted and Barnabas isn't fighting here he's not going I want to be the first name Okay, I imagine I've watched so many like one of my other favourite programmes is is suits and I absolutely love suits but the fights that go on to get your name yeah. on that thing to say no no it's got to have my surname on the law firm that it's ridiculous but, it, but it's similar it's like no I want to be the first name I want to be the first name I remember when um, <laughs> that's showed my insecurity which is probably not a good thing to do right now but I remember when uh, we first got married it always used to be maybe in some people would write to us and it would say to Steve and Susie we'd love you to come to whatever whatever it would be and other people would write to us saying to Susie and Steve uh, we'd love you to come to whatever I was like why do they do it that way around Susie? <laughs> why, why is that around? They're not, not, they're, and it's funny because it doesn't matter in any way shape or form but my, the fact my thought went there but it's a similar thing it's like it's Barnabas and Saul but then something happened in Saul's life something changed and the work that Barnabas was doing changed the way he expressed it and therefore it became Paul and Barnabas and I believe as a community and I believe for me as an individual and us as a couple I believe that's what I want to be to you I want to be and we want to be where we go I want to help you forward on your journey and I want to get to a point where our role is that we help you forward on your journey to the point that it's not that Paul didn't rely on Barnabas because they still work together it's not that they had nothing to do with him but it's the fact that, that you flourish and it doesn't get associated with us or it doesn't get associated even with Hope Springs because it's not about that it's about you flourishing in what God's called you to flourish in because that is best for society. That is best for the world that God loves. That is best for everything God's called us to. When we keep it kind of tied in, we limit it. We, we, we pen it in and go, well, that, that's associated with us, isn't it? That doesn't, it doesn't matter. It does not matter at all. What matters is that you and me and the people we meet flourish and move forward on their journey and there may be no association with us with us as a community with you that's irrelevant what matters is they flourish forward on their journey and what matters is that we see that see it in them and go come on let me bring you in here because this is what you need to do i firmly believe that paul when barnabas got saul and brought him into that community i believe something changed in him because i believe it freed him to us actually this is what i can do this is me it starts to happen and you see it when people start to come into something of, of, of who they are that they go wow this really fits they, 
this, this matches and they start to grow and they start to enjoy and they start to flourish in those things. I've gone so far off my notes, it's unbelievable, but never mind. We'll try and find a, a bit back here. It's a, it's a significantly important thing that, 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 that we find, and you may not know specifically what it is you're called to do, and that, that's absolutely fine, because like we said, it's looking into him and just expressing, being, looking and living and loving a bit more like Jesus, and you may find in that journey, that, oh, suddenly, wow, that, that's there. But there is a significance in the fact that I believe that God brings us to the point where, actually, I know who I am. Barnabas knew who he was. He knew who Paul was. And, okay, in this situation... He's a heck of a lot better than I am. In this moment, Luke is a lot better at this than I could ever be. Come on, Luke, I'm not. And it, it may be that that thing is the thing that gets all the credit and all the the appreciation, and that that's fine because we are not in competition for the credit and the fame. We are in a situation where we want to see heaven come to earth, and if in that moment he is the one that's best at that, then that's what happens. If in that moment Beth is the one that goes and, and, and sees a, a community transformed, then that, that's, that's exactly what we do. We empower her to do that. Because that's what matters. Not whether it was me or her, or whether it was Adam or her, or whether it was Susie or her. That's kind of irrelevant. We happily step and go, right, we're with you. But now it's Beth and Hope Springs, not Hope Springs and Beth. Or whatever, or whatever it may be. That's it a bad verbalisation you know what I mean it's the fact that we back that Barnabas backed Paul so now go be what you you meant to be do what you meant to do I want you to flourish in it and that matters more to me than whether my name is on 14 books of the New Testament or whatever it may be that matters more we just go to one more scripture I'm going to finish with this in Ephesians 4 I'm going to read the whole from verse. No, I'm going to read it all from verse one. Ephesians four, verse one. Um, <laughs> the, 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 I think this is one of the hardest books in the Bible to actually read from anywhere because literally the start of every chapter and almost every section it says "and therefore," which means you kind of should really look back at what it's there for. But we're not going to do that right now because we'll just literally go back to the start of Ephesians and never get out of it. Um, chapter four, verse one. I therefore, the prison of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which for which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. If you haven't got the point right now, you're saying there's one. There's one of these things. Okay. Um, then he says, and this is significantly powerful, then he says, but to each one, Grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. I'm going to skip the bit to do he ascended and just jump to verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. And I don't want us to get lost on the fact that apostles, pastors, for now. I want us to capture the idea that, that when he ascended, he gave stuff. He gave an expression of himself to people. He gave an expression of himself to us in this room. 
Okay, he gave something of himself for to be expressed through Beth and through Ella in a way that it's not expressed through me. That's the bit I wanted to capture. Because then it says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. What, what's, what's the point of it? To equip people. The point of it is not because I then look cool or I can do some amazing stuff or people think I'm awesome. The purpose of these things, the purpose of Barnabas's gift, the purpose of Paul's gift, the purpose of mine, of, of Pete's, of Nikki's, whoever it may be, the purpose of those things is for the equipping of the saints, for the work and ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The purpose of it is to empower others to do what they're called to do. That's the purpose of it. If the purpose ever becomes about me looking awesome, we've completely lost the point of what we're doing. Completely lost the point of what we're doing. The purpose is about the fact that what I bring should empower you to go and do what you're called to do. And in that sense, should empower you to go and bring heaven to earth anywhere you go. That's what it should do. And then it says this. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craft of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by which every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of self and love every joint supplies barnabas knew this is the joint i am this is what i supply that's the point that the the joint that paul is that's what he supplies i can't be that joint I can't bring that supplication. I can't bring that provision. But I can supply him to do that. I cannot be Malcolm. I cannot be Cy. I cannot be Matt. I can't. I cannot do it. But I can be me. And I can supply them to be them. That's what a community looks like. That, that, that's what church looks like that I supply what I can supply so that you can be you and you supply what you can supply so that I can be me that's what it looks like and we start then to, to see heaven break in on earth because people encounter that and go there's nothing but genuine because it says it says which every part does it share causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love people encounter that kind of space and go there's nothing but love for one another there's not competition. There's not kind of like one-upmanship. There's not kind of a sense of like who's it and who's not it. There's not clickiness. There's just none of that stuff. There's just love for one another. There's just genuine empowerment. There's just genuine deferring to one another. Because they recognise the fact that actually I don't, I don't bring it all. I don't bring it all. God forbid I ever do. Because then we're, we're massively on a downward spiral somewhere. But I bring what I am. Barnabas brought what he was. And if Barnabas didn't bring what he was, I would humbly suggest that the, the story would be different. That Paul wouldn't have, I don't know, it wouldn't have happened the way it happened. Potentially, Paul wouldn't have brought what he brought in the way that he brought it there. If I don't bring what I bring, and there's two parts to this, if I don't bring what I bring, it can stop you bringing what you do. 
Not because I'm more powerful, but because every joint supplies. And, there's, and, and when one joint doesn't supply, there's a, there's a deficiency in the other joints. And those deficiencies in the joints can actually stop other joints doing the same thing. We have this domino effect. The, the Barnabas empowered Paul, Paul empowered other people. If Barnabas doesn't empower Paul, Paul potentially doesn't empower the people. Now I believe that God finds other ways and to do things. I believe that absolutely. But my point is this, that if we want a body that, that is mature and an expression of, of God in the earth that is full, it requires me to do two things. First thing, to realise that I am and I bring something. But secondly, to realise I don't bring everything. Because if I go the other extreme and go, actually, I don't matter. I'm irrelevant. What I do doesn't make a difference. You all miss out. If Ella goes, actually, it doesn't matter what I bring. The people bring what I bring. That's not true. It's not true. And therefore, if you don't bring what you bring, we all miss out. And therefore, there's this beautiful thing that happens that I therefore have a, a, a challenge. And I believe, it's, yeah, I have that challenge. To actually, actually, if I see that you are speaking down on yourselves and saying, actually, I don't bring anything. I have a responsibility to challenge that. Because if I don't challenge that, then we miss out. And the same thing. The same thing goes the other way. That I have a challenge to make sure Sai is being Sai. If he starts to dismiss himself or say, well, I'm not Adam, I'll go, well, no, you're not. But Adam is Adam and you are you. But we have a responsibility to challenge each other, to encourage each other, to spur each other on, to supply what we supply, to make other people supply what they supply. And we see this beautiful thing start to grow. But so much of it, and I'm not digging at church politics or anything like that, but, 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 but so much of it, if we're not careful, it can be based on insecurity. And insecurity goes, I want the best gift, I want the one that looks the best, and that's based on the current fad that might be there. And the challenge of that is it makes everything go inward-looking. When we realise actually this is who I am and I will be myself, that suddenly means everything's going outward looking. And we're starting to see not just people saved, which is important, but communities transformed and society shifted because there's a different kind of feel starting to emerge and starting to grow. And people in your workplace and in your family and in your classroom and in your home are empowered by the same thing. Imagine a workplace where the aim isn't just to get here. But imagine a workplace where the aim is to be you and provide to the workplace what you are. Because let's be honest, there's such a temptation, I know it, and I, I, and I have fallen foul of it. This idea within teaching, you just progress through. Without any real rhyme or reason about why you're progressing through. But you progress through. That's just what you do. And that's not wrong. Nothing wrong with that at all. Except for the fact, okay... Let me ever think, I want to progress, that's fine, but actually, is that progression, or is that actually taking me away from that? And actually, can I supply who I am in this space and actually see other people empowered in a way that I wouldn't if I progressed there? And I'm not, I'm not saying it's wrong, please hear me right, because otherwise we get into this thing of like, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do, that, that, that's not the point. The point is that it's thinking, okay, can I, I want to just be me. What space allows me to be me best? And I'll try that out. Oh, that didn't work. Never mind. I'll try this out instead. Oh, that didn't work. I'll try this out. And it's, it's that freedom. It's not. It's not like I did this and then all that, the whole world fell apart. That that's not it at all. I find it. Yeah, actually, that works. Look at it. Look at what's happening. Every joint supply. Every the community I'm in is is growing and flourishing. Again, so far off notes. 
Yeah, but as a community, I want us to call it out of each other. I want us to see it in each other and be bold to do that. I want us to kind of go and get it from people. That Barnabas went and got Saul and brought him to somewhere. That we go and do it. We'd be tenacious. Gosh, no, no, you need to come here because you, you need to do this because that's what you are. And, and that, that kind of boldness and tenacity with each other. That we make space for people. The Barnabas stepped back and made space for Paul to be Paul. He could have competed for the space, but he didn't. He stepped back and went, you be you. That we create space. That One of my hopes in my home is that I create space for Zachary and Levi to find what it is, their uniqueness. That it's that there's space, literal physical, sometimes physical space that they have to draw or to play music or to do play sport. Well, like physical space, wherever I can, to find, so they find that that uniqueness of expression. Because that's it's about making that space. It could be metaphysical space in the sense that I will just create space for you. I want to just step back and I'm not going to do it. I want to just make space for you just to do it. Just see what happens. And it's not that we don't care. It's going actually just just see what happens. See what happens if you fill that space. If who you are just expresses in that thing, I don't know what to do. Well, just see what happens. And it's that idea that we create that space for each other. You're like, go on, you, you can do that. I can't. You can. Go on. You, you, you can do that. And that sense of security where we know, increasingly, just have a sense of peace. I may not know what I'm specifically called to do, and that's fine. But I know that in this moment, I'm going to live and I'm going to look and I'm going to just be as much of Jesus as I possibly can in that space. And I may not have a clue how to do that other than just love the person that's in front of me. And that's all I'll do. And that's absolutely fine. And that actually is the bottom line of it all. But in those things, we just, something starts to shift. And it starts to just express in an even bigger way than I've ever seen before. That heaven just invades earth. That love just, just is there. And it just frees people. Frees them. So Jesus, I thank you. Amongst all that rambling, I thank you that you've spoken to hearts this morning. And I'm just so appreciative of what you're doing in my life and what you're doing in each of our lives in this room. I thank you for your love, your security, your acceptance and pleasure in us, just just as us. And I thank you that that, (laughs) thank you that that is the thing. I thank you that you, even with Jesus, that you said before you did anything, you said, you're my, my son in whom I'm well pleased, my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And then he began what you called him to do. Mm-hmm. I thank you that more and more I just want that. I just want to know you love me. Be aware of that. Know that I'm pleasing to you. Be aware of that. And that be the foundation of my life. That be the thing of my life. That be the everything of my life. And in that space, I just pray for the uniqueness and the, and the, and the diversity just to flourish. Just to flourish, that we would just have a sense of I know what I can do and I know what I can't do, and there'd be a flourishing of that. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen.